Are you ready for more miracles and magic in your life? Rainbows in Real Life is dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. Together, we are finding ways to make the future bigger and brighter for all of us. We will be sharing stories of perseverance, possibility, and promise in engaging with experts that are making a real difference in the world. Join us live on Facebook on Thursday evenings to engage in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Hello and welcome to Rainbows and Real Life. I'm Pamela Aubrey and I'm here with my amazing co-host Christopher Rausch and our, up, special guest, <laughs> our special guest this evening, Mike Chavez. Hey Mike, Hello. what's up man? Hey, what's up guys? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's great to, to have you. you with us. So excited to be here with you. So as you guys know, this show is dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront and supporting all of you in the challenges you are facing. And we know that when we come together, we all live better lives and we're exploring ways we can do that in today's ever changing world. So our one ask of you is that you just jump on with us, throw your questions and your comments out there so we can interact with you. That being said, thanks again for being here and welcome everyone. So you guys know that um, I kind of, I, there was a particular topic I wanted to talk about tonight. And this has been coming up a lot, I think, for a lot of people. I keep hearing this in different circles that people are trying to do or have to do or feel they, you know, it's time to do something new or different in their lives. And we've kind of heard this word, you know, pivot and pivoting, you know, and maybe it's in career, you know, maybe you've lost a job, you're looking for something new. So I wanted to kind of, explore that a little bit and just talk about some of the things that can come up around having to make changes like that and then you know what that can actually lead us to so one of the things i wanted to do right off the bat was read a little something and this kind of came to me a couple days ago and i thought this would be fun to read and it's just a little snippet from dr seuss i'm a huge dr seuss fan in the very first book i bought my son was before he was even born <laughs> was baby oh the places you'll go mm. and so and it was actually really fun because when he graduated from high school i then bought him the graduate version of oh the places you'll go so it just you know, all comes full circle. Yep. But one of the one of the pieces in that book reads, you will come to a place where the streets are not marked. Some windows are lighted, but mostly they're darked. But mostly they're darked. A place you could sprain both your elbow and chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? And I really loved that because it paints that picture of a real life where there's darkness and there's light and we have these choices to make and we get to choose, you know, how, what do I focus on? Do I focus on what I'm going to lose or what I can win? So I would love to hear your all thoughts around that too. Mike, can you start us out? 
Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. I appreciate being here. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. You know, uh, the things in life happen where uh, we have to make a decision. Um, and uh, that is just so poetic. You know, I, I was listening to what you were saying and uh, reflecting back on what's happened to me over the last three years and what got me to, to be sitting here talking to you guys on video. I mean, I never thought, I mean, I, I, when I first started doing videos three years ago, I always imagined and uh, thought that, man, it would be cool to be one of those people like that. And here we are, you know, and um, it was because of life circumstances at the time. Um, and, and I had to make some decisions and for, for some reasons, uh, you know, I got hurt and I couldn't work and I, I had to really um, explore what the internet had to offer. Um, and so it's funny how the universe, um, you're, you're, I think you're destined for things and, um, you know, it's all about awareness <laughs> and op opportunities truly are everywhere. And um, it's it's what like you said it's what you focus on. You focus on your current reality, not to be crazy, but um, you got to focus more on your desired reality and where you want to go with life. Yeah, and a lot of people are in that same position where they're having to move to an online format for business, and that's kind of a that's kind of a big change if you haven't ever been in that space before. So, what was that like for you? Uh, it was it was you know kind of daunting. I mean. At first, I, I, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Then you know what you know, right? And then, uh, then you, then you begin to grow. And then eventually, the ultimate goal is to get into flow with what you know, right? And give back and teach others, right? Right. Yep. So in the beginning, I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I, I got out there, um, like a lot of people, and I had to learn. Um, I was fortunate enough to get involved in a, a Facebook community. And that was uh, that got me involved in a live video challenge. But before that, I had got involved with an, an opportunity where they were basically just spamming people online. And they told mm -hmm. me to get into a few hundred different Facebook groups and just spam these pictures. And uh, because I did that, because I took massive action, um, what ended up happening, um, I got put in Facebook jail. People were getting mad. I was getting blocked because I was I was spamming. I was a total, like, imagine 300 Facebook yeah. groups, right? But what happened was, is after I figured out that didn't work, because I was in so many groups, I actually got in a, a real group that, um, it was about seven months after Facebook Lives had come out, and it was um, it was a 10X community, Grant Cardone. Uh, you okay. know, you guys know who the Uncle G is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So and Grant was just going in um, because he he just got mentored by Hank Norman. You got to get out there. You got to leverage social media, and that's okay. when Grant really started getting his social media presence about three and a half years ago. So I they they did a video challenge in this group on January thirty first, two thousand seventeen was the first day I went live, and I've gone live every day since then. So it's been an incredible journey, wow. um, and uh, now I'm in a position where I'm in that flow state where I can give back and help others from everything I've learned from being online every day and doing a video every day for the last few years. I really love that because mm. as someone who goes live fairly regularly, I know how demanding it can be to go live fairly regularly. I can't imagine going live every single day, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that is no small challenge. order. We'll do a challenge. Well, this is a piece of cake talking to you guys. <laughs> It's just like we were just having a conversation before we actually went live. Now we're sharing some of what we were talking about, you know. Um, yeah. And like I shared with you guys, I think I shared with Pam before you came on, Chris, that yeah, I'm I'm tired of going live by myself. So I love to have guests on my on my um live videos as well and be guests on others. So 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's daunting. You know, I think the hardest thing um, people say, and, and, and it's a common thing is, oh, I don't know what to talk about to do videos consistently because you, when you show up, you want to be able to be adding some sort of value, right? You just right. don't want to show up and just have nothing um, to, that's going to add some sort of value. You got to have something. And uh, I, I struggle with um, not necessarily knowing what to talk about, but I, I want to make sure, like I said, it's, it's consistent, it's relevant, not repetitive and something that's always going to be engaging for people. So. It, it, that's where the growth comes to, tr to, to try to think and imagine and go with your gut on whatever, whatever content you come up with. Absolutely. And, and tell me, I mean, were you not terrified the first time you went live? Uh, I was, I mean, I, I was nervous. Yeah. Um, but why was it a point in my life where I'm looking back now, right? And and I'm I'm thinking the reason I took that action and I and I'm looking back and I can see why I did it every day is because I finally figured out it's like what else am I gonna do? Um I, I realize I do have a gift of connecting with people and being able to just speak from my heart and uh, share what's on my heart and people have watched me grow um through my videos. Um and because I in my group that I started a couple of years ago, the closed group. Um, I didn't reinvent the wheel. I, I have a concept. It's called the question of the day. And that original group that I, I was telling you about, the Grant Cardone group, uh -huh. they, did a, they did a question of the day. But that group fell apart. The original challenge was to go live on your personal page for 90 days. I was the only one that finished. Wow. And I, just, I just kept going. And How so, many were in the group originally? I'm curious. I think about um, 60 to 90 people. Quite a few. <laughs> many people took the challenge originally. Even the guy that 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 came up with the challenge didn't didn't finish it. So, um, but I just yeah, knew right. after my first video, I I, I just got I just knew I knew yeah. something. I knew I'd still I, I didn't know I would still be doing it like this, but I knew I knew there was something. Love that. Yeah. Love that. And Chris has a few of his own shows. He goes live a fair amount too. Yeah. So I know that I know that you've got a story as well around that. Around going live? Starting to go live and the reason why you did that. Well, I mean, honestly, well, let's see if I get it right. Um, yeah, no, it was I started going live because of COVID. I was like, I was really trying to reach out and connect with people in the fastest manner possible. And it was like, okay, doing a video and posting it was one thing, but when you went live, people got your attention. And just going live with with Glenn and Ken and and Bill and Joe and you guys and all of us creating this community that was like all focused on what can we do today to give another message. And people were tuning in and saying, this is better than CNN. This is the best positive news that I've seen all day. And it just encouraged me the fact of we lose the connection, especially in social media land, we lose that connection. And what better way to bring that connection if you can be actually live with people? That's why I love the fact that Cindy and Larry and yeah. all you guys show up here. I know, and everyone's saying hi. So hi, everyone. <laughs> this, is all, this is all an interactive so conversation. It's not the same as being in person. I would love to be in person. But right. yeah, no. So I started going live because it was a way to impact people and, and have that immediacy to somebody in their life. And, you know, I, I love it and just continued ever since. And some days I go live and I'm like, I don't even know what to say. So I'm like, you know, just be you. And if you're having a, ba a bad day or a rough day, share that because, you know, like you guys are saying, and I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. He says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm -hmm. And that has, that quote has changed my life. 
Mm. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at start to change. And I have changed so many people's mindsets with coaching and speaking just based on that. It's just like, let's just, let's just look at it from this, this angle. Not, not this angle. Just click one centimeter over here and just kind of look at it maybe from a little bit from their, their, their spot, or maybe just try to understand where they're coming from as opposed to trying to, and it's amazing what it can do. Well, and I think that's so great because, you know, obviously that was, that was a transition for you, just like it has been for a lot of people, you know, just how do I stay in contact with people? You know, how do I, how do I maintain these relationships? And I think it's really amazing that, you know, you've, you started out like, oh, I'm just going to pop on with some friends and that has evolved into all these other things. And I think that's kind of what I am hoping that people will start to understand is that if you have an idea, you know, if you have a sense for where you want to go, yep. that when you start taking those first steps, then it can help you start moving in that direction. And it may seem small and inconsequential in the beginning, but you never really know how that's going to play out and where it's going to take you. And so I'm sure when you hopped on your first live, you weren't thinking, oh, I'm going to have all these shows down the road. And, and all these other things are going to come out of that. Yep. No, it, it, it's so true, Pam. What you're saying is the fact that, you know, it's, it's, it's a compound principle. Darren Hardy of Success Magazine wrote the book, The Compound Principle. And literally when I read it, I was like, this is everything I espouse. It's like I teach people it's either one more or one less. I try to keep everything mm. stupid simple. And it's like, it's just one more step and one less carb. It's one more, you know, bike ride, one less, you know, whatever it might be. It's just a little bit. You compound on that. It starts to build momentum. And I've seen this with my coaching clients again and again and again. They start doing a couple of things like, hey, Chris, you know, I went and did this and I went and did this and I started feeling better. And I had this conversation that I didn't think I was ever going to have. I just had that happen to me recently. They had a conversation that I didn't think they were going to have for a year. They had it right now because I just started feeling better. And as I started releasing things, I, you know, it's just all that building, but you got to get started. Most people don't get started. And in the discussion tonight about dreams, it's like, you know, one of my questions that I had was, and I've struggled with this most of my life. Do you do it in baby steps or do you jump all in? Like Steve Harvey says, what do you guys think? I, I, I'm going to let you take that first, Mike. <laughs> oh, that, that's an easy question for me. I'm, I'm all or nothing. That's my personality. I've known that for a long time. I, I knew that I was all or nothing with everything that I did in my life when um, I think I was, I think it was like 11 or 12 and I was in junior high and had to go to summer school and I had horrible grades, straight F's. And um, I was on Ritalin. They told me I had ADHD and they told me I couldn't focus and all that stuff. So they labeled me and they said I couldn't focus. And then when I got into I went to summer school one time. They were talking about the um, biology and now the human, you know, all body parts and everything. And I think it was probably I was going through puberty at the time. So it was very, very interesting to me. And I was able to focus. I got straight A's. So I realized that I could do things that I wanted to focus on. Yeah. And uh, a night, I mean, I literally, I was reading extra books and I had never read any books, you know, and I was wanting to read more and learn more because it was something that interested me. So to me, it's all or nothing. I just go for it, and that, and um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it any other way. It's like that in every aspect of my life, and I used to think that it was a curse, but I think if you're if you're doing the things in, in with your life, taking care of your health, taking care of the things that you know you're supposed to take care of every day, or good things, it's it's a blessing. It really is. It helps you stay disciplined. It's helped me stay disciplined. 
I don't know how else I've been able to stay hungry too. You got to stay hungry because it's, you know, you're, you're, you burn the bridges. You're, you're full (laughs) Monty. You're, you, you jumped. That's awesome, dude. I did the step-by-step approach and it got me to a certain spot where I was like at the very edge of the the ramp and I was looking down. I was like, okay, I got the parachute. I don't know if it's packed right. I'm looking down. I'm looking down and, and life came went boom like that. You're going to jump. And I'm like, ah, and it's an amazing feeling. It's the best. Well, and you know, Tony Robbins says that you can't bring something new into your life until you've made the space for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's tough for a lot of people. You know, we want to hang on to that little bit of security and feel like, well, if it doesn't work out, then I've still got this thing over here. And the reality just is that life doesn't really work that way. That, you know, if you really want that thing, you really have to go after it and you have to make the space for it. And there's really no way around that. Now, that being said, I'm the kind of person that I'm like, okay, well, let's break that down into some steps. So I feel like I can do that because if I feel like there's a big thing out there and I don't know how I'm going to get there in any way, shape or form, then I'm like, I probably am not going to do that. Right. So knowing that I can just start out like there are some first steps and I just have to take those first helps me to actually make that make that leap. So. Well, if you can see, if, but if but if if, the, if a vision is painted for you, it's easier for you to take the steps when you can see them. Oh, absolutely, yeah, okay. absolutely. You have to have that vision. I mean, I think that's absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. You really have to know, you know, where you want to go and what it is that you really want to do. And so, I think that's an important point because sometimes, you know, we've just we've kind of shut that part of ourselves down. You know, we've just been told we're just a dreamer. And, you know, we have all these fantastical ideas, but that's not reality. Get your head on the clouds. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All that programming crap that happened when we were kids. Like dream big, dream big. And then you get to about three or four and like your dreams start costing the parents money. And like, no, 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 don't dream that big. Don't dream that big. It's crazy. I mean, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts about that. Scott's on here and Scott knows me. I am obsessed with the psychology of what happens to us between zero and five, especially since my kid's three and a half. I'm like, please, dear God, let me, don't let me screw them up. Please don't let me screw them up. But what do you guys think about that as far as dreams go and some of the, some of the weird stuff that happens to us as kids that say, Hey, yeah, go for your dreams. But then all of a sudden, Hey, uh, be realistic, you know, uh, get your head out of the clouds and all that other stuff. What do you guys think about that? Mike, you go first. Um, I, th- I think that, um, well, I mean, I, I think for, as a father, I, I, f- I just tell my kids, I, I, I'm a realist with my kids. You know, I, I, I tell, I tell them things about the good book, you know, whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. I believe, I believe Wait, that. Come I, on, Pam, your turn. Your I turn. I'm just saying it's, it's, it, it is. Right it's all about belief, and and I and I share with my kids. In this, we're all humans having human experience. If you see another another human having human experience, there's no reason, barring physical limitations, right? Barring physical limitations and certain mental limitations that people have, God bless them, right? You you can do you can achieve anything you see anybody else doing, and uh, I, I really believe that. I, I I truly truly believe that 100 from the bottom of my heart, without a doubt. And uh, I ne- I did not used to believe that. And so when did I stop dreaming? I, I did. I stopped dreaming early, uh, like you said, after, you know, around first, second, third, fourth grade, all that after I was, you know, going through all that stuff as a kid. Like you said, around after five years old, um, divorced parent, you know, I was, grew up in a divorced home. And uh, I just had this limiting belief that I wasn't worthy 
uh, of my father, right? Because my father, my, even though my father was still around, he wasn't there as much as I wanted. My, I felt that I wasn't normal or there was something wrong with me because I didn't have both my parents. Well, come to find out, we know <laughs> how common that really is in, in life. Right. So, yep. you know, those are some of the limiting beliefs that I had to come up with. And I think that um, limiting beliefs that are instilled in us more really, really young based on our environment, uh, it, it hamper our dreams. But I love what Bob Marley always says, and I'll, and I'll close with this and let Chris take it away, that once a man and twice a child, that kid's never gone away. You just got to go find them. Dude, Perfect. you know what, what's, what's interesting about what you just said about that? Seriously, to kind of go off in a different direction for a second, but in trying to really understand people, sometimes when I'm looking at their psychology, I have to think, who are they as a kid right now? And sometimes that helps me so massively to look at a grown adult and they're acting in a way that I don't quite understand. I have to go to who are they as a kid right now? What message are they sending? And that has helped me so much to read people. So I'm glad you said that because it really is a lot of what is stopping us now. The limiting beliefs, like you said, is all pertaining to stuff that happened when we were kids and we made agreements. I was called stupid. I was I thought I was nothing. And I went through most of my life until I was about 17 years old thinking that's I was just a piece of garbage and I was stupid and I wasn't going to learn based oh, yeah. on all programming. So then I had to go do the reverse programming to get where I'm at today. And it's yeah. really sad how how people don't even understand the impacts of what their words and their actions have on their kids yeah. and the psychology that it has on their kids. I am constantly judging every action. I'm like, okay, I just, I just left him in his room for a minute. I read like three different places, never leave them alone. It feels like they're abandoned. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a horrible parent. I just left him alone, but the, everything else is not working. So I need to, you know, it's so crazy what happens to us that limits our, our dreams. And um, I'm just fascinated with what unlocks those. So, I mean, what kind of suggestions do you have for people right now who are thinking, I'm never going to reach my dreams. It's never, there's, you know, there's just no hope. What do you guys say to that? Go. I, you know, I, I go ahead, Pam. I want you to answer that. But you know what? The thing that blows my mind is when you really think about it. We all come to the world exactly the same way, innocent mm -hmm. little babies. Exactly. Right. That's right. Yeah, Pam, go ahead. Answer his question. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's well, Pam, so right I there. have a few. I have a few responses and then an answer. So I and and I absolutely love that you just said that, Mike, because one of the things that I was thinking about today. I actually was listening to Les Brown earlier on a call that I was on and he was talking about, you know, how we are all masterpieces. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really truly who we come into this world as, you know, we're all a piece of the master. And so we're all masterpieces. And I do think that so much of that gets kind of either squashed or just hushed you know, in the majority of us. And I mean, I, you know, I kind of just grew up in a world where kids were like seen and not heard, you know, I mean, you were just there to like, kind of be, you know, part of the image, part of the family or whatever. And you kind of had your responsibilities and stuff that you were supposed to do. And, you know, you took care of you and, and, and that was kind of how it was. And so I think, you know, for me, I, I agree that, you know, when you kind of move into that place early in life, then you move into a space of, okay, I've just got to kind of survive, you know, I've got to take care of me and my own stuff. And you never really move into that like dreaming phase, you know? And so for me, that kind of came late in life. I mean, fortunately there was a part of me that always sort of knew. I always sort of knew there was something else or something more I was supposed to do. And in my case, it just took, you know, like 
40 some years for me to kind of figure out what that was. But I mean, for me coming live, like starting to go live and, and I credit Ken Walls We've for talked getting about me that. out there over yeah. and over. Cause I was terrified. I mean, I really believed, you know, it, it was so great to me to Whoa. not be seen or heard, <laughs> you know? And so that was a huge, huge leap for me. So I think one of those things oh, is just damn. becoming aware. You know, one of those first steps to answer your question of, you know, how do we start to change is become aware. What is some of your programming? Start there. Make a list if you have to. You know, just get real with yourself. What are some of the things that you just think you can't do, but that you would really love to do? And it doesn't matter what your reasons are, just anything. Mm -hmm. That would be, I think that would probably be the first thing I would tell someone to do. What about, what about you guys? Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. Uh, I, I, I'm laughing because um, I've, I've done things already in my life that I never, I, I never believed I'd be able to do like travel yeah. to certain travel to Europe going, you know, just, just, just things like growing up as a kid I, and you know, and, and it's, and it's manifestation, how powerful manifestation is. I, but I, I just a tip really to people is really believe and, you know, I don't care how corny all these sayings and all that stuff is. It's all true if you believe. It, everything it's is true, which you believe. Yeah, I love it. I love it's that. It's been there since 2013. I've only taken it out for surgery. Perfect. Yep. Yeah, it's all about belief. You, I mean, it's so true. I mean, when, I, when, you, got, when you guys are talking, I was thinking about, you know, proud moments. And going back to what I just said about my childhood and not being, you know, I was told to shut up more times than not. And to be paid and to be asked to go step on a stage to talk is was one of the greatest accomplishments. That was funny. That's a blooper yeah. right there. Tina, if you're watching, <laughs> yeah. there's your blooper. Tina's always watching for me for bloopers. No, it was it. one of the greatest experiences of my life to be able to go out on stage and speak. I can speak. Um, but one of the greatest, greatest experiences I had, and this is one of my dreams, and I wasn't sure if you were going to ask this, but I wanted to share it, was from my experience of being a seventh grade homeless dropout, living in the backseat of a station wagon, you know, digging through trash cans, doing all the different things I had to do to survive from 13 to 17, to wind up to owning a house and having a master's degree. Now, one of the biggest goals that I had and one of the biggest dreams I had was to somehow bring my life full, full circle. And I thought that was going to be a book. I thought, okay, I'm going to write a book about being me and my mom being homeless and, and everything we went through as a team as I mean, everything, it's just crazy. Uh, it's going to be a movie. I swear to God, it's gonna be a movie someday. Um, but to be able to go back to the school I dropped out of, because I never, I, I left school one day and I had no idea I wasn't going back and I never went back. I don't know what was in my locker. I never got a yearbook. It was a seventh grade. It was half the year. And wow. my dream was to go back there and speak to those kids to take, my take my entire journey and becoming a speaker and going back there. And this is the crazy stuff. And this is why I share this all the time because you always have to speak your dreams out loud. And yeah. I said, you know what? And I was talking, I was having beers with a buddy of mine who I've known for years. And I said, you know what, dude, I, I, I said right now, and this is when I was mentoring a lot of kids and speaking at schools. And I said, I just want to go back to the school I dropped out of and talk to myself and talk to myself in the eyes of those kids and say, listen, you're going to go through a lot of stuff in your life and it's going to be pretty friggin' hard, but you're going to get through it. And then if you really want and you choose and you go after your dreams, you're going to be just like me standing in front of you saying, Hey, I made it home. And it's on my YouTube page. It's one of the most, I get chills. Jeez. 
It was one of the, the greatest dreams of my life to go back and speak to those kids because when I was done, I had no idea how it was going to go. I didn't know if there were, and they all, I mean, not all of them, but I had probably 20 kids, each group come up to me, different kids said, I'm homeless right now. I'm living with my grandma. I'm living in a car right now. I'm part of Olive Crest Children's Foundation, which is a group that I speak for. Um, and I had these kids giving me hugs and the craziest part of it, the craziest part of it really, really doesn't have much to do with dreams is I was looking at these kids. I'm like, I was your age when I was homeless. I was that small. It blew my mind because I thought I was a grown up. But anyways, so that's my story about a dream and just being able to go full circle, take your trash and take your pain and whatever it is and, and bundle it into a story that you can use as momentum to go out there and help other people with that same situation going on now. It's, it's like the magic pill for getting over your stuff. It's so, you know, and your story, I think, is is so powerful because, you know, a lot of times it's easy for us to come up with excuses. Oh, well, that's easy for that person to say because they have this or they've already done that or, you know, and and so we just kind of like opt out of making difficult changes. Yep. But what I love about your story is you're like, none of that stuff matters. It just matters what your mindset is. It matters what you want and what you're willing to do. So what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. <laughs> yeah. I, I tattooed it on my forearm to say, Chris, when you're being a, I don't know if I can say the P word either. Um, when you're, when you're being a, 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 what's that word? When you're being stupid. Um, <laughs> so I have to look down at it and go, Hey, you're being stupid. Don't give up. <laughs> hey, sometimes it's challenging. I have Tourette's. It is. It, it is challenging. And, and sometimes going. we do need, I mean, we do need that kick in the butt, right? I mean, we just, and if, and if we can't do it, then someone else might need to do it for us. But somewhere along the way, it's like, yeah, that you can feel sorry for yourself, but it's not going to actually get you anywhere. So if you want something, then really make up your mind about what you're going to do to get it and then go do that. <laughs> unstoppable, unstoppable, never stop. Keep going no matter what. But I do think that, you know, a, a lot of times it takes that initial, okay, well, what, you know, just getting our heads around the fact that what is the stuff that's getting in the way? Why am I, you know, why am I hanging on to these excuses? You know, what is it that I'm really afraid of? Or, okay. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you the, the shortest answer. I'll give you the shortest answer I could probably ever give. And that's crazy for me. It's the people you hang around with. Hmm. Who are your five? If your five people are awesome and they're killing it, then you're going to be killing it. If the five people around you are bitching, pissing, and moaning about stuff, guess what? You're likely to be like them. That's my quickest answer about every, is like, who are you around the most? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, there's no question that if you don't have people around you that are going to help inspire you, support you, push you, it's going to be really tough. And so if you don't have those people, you better find them fast. It's hard enough. It's hard enough for you to try to figure it out yourself, especially if you're getting that. If it's the opposite end, right? How how polar opposite is the the power of having the positive energy instead of the negative energy around you? It's it's quantum, massive. right? It's massive, massive. massive. So you have five knuckleheads or five knuckleheads around you, as opposed <laughs> to five amazing, phenomenal people that are going somewhere. Your life's totally different. And we, we could all agree. We're all, we're, and, and, and what you said earlier, Pam, you know, I was thinking about it. Success leaves clues. 
It's like when people, I had somebody ask me not too long ago, like, how did you become a speaker? And I said, I started opening my mouth and they laughed. And I said, seriously, that's what it was. I started calling places and saying, Hey, do you need a speaker? They're like, and this is before, you know, like the real internet, the way it is now, you know, I would have to actually call people and say, Hey, do you guys need a speaker? I said, you just start doing it. It's whatever you, you just start. Like we said before, you start taking those steps and you start figuring it out. Uh, Marie Forleo, I wasn't a big fan of hers before, but her book, everything's figure outable. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about something that's inspiring and the way she talks is just like the way I talk normally. She, it's such a great book because she takes every excuse out and she shares vulnerability about how she got to where she is. It's such a great book. It's such a kick-ass book. Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable. Just keep going for your, your goals and your dreams. Don't stop. Don't let people stop you. I'm, I'm, I'm so passionate about that. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I love that. And and I was actually just going to tag on to what I was saying earlier a little bit too is just, you know, if you if you are experiencing fear, you know, if there are things that are holding you back, reach out to someone, ask for help. You know, but also be willing to invest a little bit in yourself. You know, and know that you you there's just going to it's going to require some work. You know, it's it's not like a wave the magic wand kind of thing. You're going to have to do your part, but get a support system, you know, make sure that you're doing everything you can to have all the resources that you need to get where you want to go. And sometimes, you know, you may not see them all up front. A lot of times you won't. I think, I mean, in my experience, there are many, many, many times that I've had to just step out on faith, you know, and go, okay, here goes nothing. I hope this works. I think this person's going to help me. I think this is going to take me one step further. And, you know, it's interesting when you have that faith in the universe and in your intuition, how that works. Um, I really like this question though. So I want to ask this. Cindy asked Mike, who was the one who gave you that fire to go for it all? And who or what is the one who keeps encouraging you to continue? Great question, Cindy. Great question. That's a great question. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was it was a person that gave me the inspiration. I think it was just more my my faith. I think uh, I, I'm a very spiritual person, and um, you know, I always I always throw this thought out there. I always throw this out to people, like, and I say, where do you think your thoughts come from? And mm -hmm. um, I really dig into that because where like where do they come from? Like, yeah, right. I mean, it, it's very. Right. Right. And so, and what, what, what encourages me, um, just, I, I'm really just driven to be better. Um, I, and I, I really embrace the concept either you're either growing or you're decaying. And I look at people that are influencers and um, visionaries, other thoughtful leaders, um, like guys like Tony Robbins, um, Grant Cardone, um, some people, uh, Warren Buffett, Pamela uh, Aubrey, Christopher Roush. Yeah. Uh, the people that I'm talking to right now. Okay. Listen, the, some, some of these, some of these, the reason I mentioned some of these, some of the upper echelon billionaires is because they don't have to do what they do, but they still, mm -hmm. do. Why, why does Warren Buffett still continue to read and read and read or, and always have books around? It's a show off. Well, yeah. <laughs> whatever, for whatever reason he's doing got it. $90 billion. <laughs> Whatever. My grandpa told me, and this something stuck with me for, for forever. My grandpa told me one time, he said, "Whatever you decide to do, just make sure you're the best." And I mm -hmm. said, "Okay." And I said, "He said, especially if you're a bank robber, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, obviously he was joking, but that, that planted a seed in me to always be the best. And I've done, you know, I've done certain things in my life, but I've never done anything so consistently where I've developed a skill like I've developed over the last few years doing video. So." 
I, it, I, I, why can't I be the best? <laughs> I believe it now. Exactly. Great question. Yeah. Why, that, I ask everybody that's watching right now, why, why can't you be the best? Why don't you think you could be the best at whatever it is that you're achieving to do? Because well, I was just going to say, and I love that question because it's, I mean, really, that at, at the heart of it, it's like we have to ask ourselves, you know, why can't I do something? Like if I've been telling myself I can't do it, why? You know, what, what is it possible? This is my favorite question. Is it possible that there's a different story than the one I'm telling myself? That question really changed my life. And I think, you know, once we really sit with ourselves and we get honest and we start going through all of our excuses, we start to realize, oh, yeah, those really are excuses. They're not actual reasons. And then our stories can change. And that's really where the magic is. You know, it's like what we don't realize is that often is that we're stuck in a story and that that telling ourselves that same story might feel good. It might feel comfortable. Maybe we've been in that story for a long time. And so it's like, well, no, this is definitely the way it is because it feels so comfortable. And just to realize that that's not really always the case. Just because we're comfortable with being uncomfortable doesn't mean that that story we're telling ourselves is really true. So I love mm -hmm. that you said that. And so I actually would ask, I would ask you that same question, Christopher. So what was it that, you know, really helped spark that, that light, that vision within you to make the changes that you wanted to make in your life. Oh, dang. That's easy. Um, his name's Bill White. And actually it's really kind of funny. I'm going to share this publicly today would have been, if I was still married to my first wife today would have been my 32nd wedding anniversary. And I just wow. wished her, I said, happy number 32. We <laughs> but no, her dad, we were dating and I was, you have to set the picture a little bit. I was this long haired guy. I mean, really long hair. Um, earrings, smoking cigarettes. I mean, I grew up so fast by 17. When I look at a 17 year old now, I was like a man by the time I was 17. And so I met this girl and it was all great. And she's like, I want you to meet my parents. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, I mean, literally, if you know the story, um, Valley girl with Nick cage, literally it was that I was the guy with the leather jacket, living in an apartment with three guys, barely making it, having, you know, wish sandwiches for dinner. And she was from Fountain Valley and the upper, uh, you know, upper middle class, you know, popular at school. I mean, seriously. That was like the Billy Joel, Christy Brinkley thing. Exactly. Yeah. to talk about later, Chris. It's this unbelievable. And she wants, she's like, I want you to meet my parents. And I'm like, <laughs> your parents are going to see me and go get away from it. Get away from he has a 66 Dodge Coronet four door with primer and all sorts of, you know, Metallica stickers all over it. You know, he hangs out with all these guys that have longer hair than most girls. They're, they're going to, they're going to laugh me out. So I go in there and I meet them and they were the most amazing people. And I got to know them. And then one night I was sitting out and having a drink with Bill and he's like, so Chris, when are you going to go back to school? He was from Buffalo. And I said, go back to school. What are you crazy? I'm like, I'm 17 years old. I said, I missed school. And he's like, no, he goes, you can go back and get a GED. And I'm like, what the hell's a GED? And I'm like, general equivalency diploma. And I'm like, all right, I can actually do that. And all my life, I thought I was stupid. I mean, I literally, I was doing telemarketing jobs. I was doing construction jobs. I was doing anything I could possibly do to survive, you know, after my situation with my mom ended and I was on my own, um, you know, it was crazy. And he was like, no, you know, you got to believe in yourself. And he was looking at me going like, I believe in you. And I'm like, most people like look like you who are presidents of trucking companies. Look at me, like get out of my house. You're going to steal something. 
And I was like, you know, it really hit me. And I was like, all right, what's this GED thing? So I started looking at it and I was like, okay, there's a high school that's near me. I'm going to go check this thing out. I took a equivalency test and I was like, oh my God, they're going to put me in the fifth grade. And they came back and they said, oh, you need a couple of classes. Um, and it took me, I think three months. I think it took me three months to make up high school to get all that stuff. I think it was, chem it was some stuff that I didn't like, but I did it. And I was surprised when I took the last test because I wanted to get it over with. I was like, yeah. this is, this is a pain in my butt. Um, took the test and, you know, graduated. And Bill says, okay, you're going to go to college. I'm like, college, me and college, what are you crazy? I'm this guy. And so he believed in me and he never stopped. Mm -hmm. And I am blessed to say that even though Tammy and I were divorced, um, I held his hand when he passed away. It was myself and his wife. And mm -hmm. it was one of the most beautiful, miserable, most effed up experiences of my life. But I was so thankful that I got to be there to hold his hand and tell him, Bill, I got this. I'm going to be here with the girls. This is long after we were divorced. I'm like, I'm going to be here. I'd always, I'll always take care of everybody. And I still have, I was the first person in the hospital when Beverly, his wife was in a uh, hit by a drunk driver. I was the first one in the hospital. Wow. So you, it's about loyalty, but it's also when sometimes you have to believe in others belief in you. And I've told people that recently, and I had to believe that in myself. My coach last year believed more in me about my talents and my just being me. She's like, Chris, just be you. And she had more faith and I had to ride on that faith for a little bit to achieve my dreams. But that's what we got to do. So that's yeah. my answer to the question. It was Bill White. That's well, I mean. and I think, you know, again, if you don't have someone like that in your life, I mean, for the listeners, if you don't have someone that you feel like believes in you, find someone find a mentor, find a coach, talk to someone, ask your friends, you know, have you ever used a mentor? Do you have someone, you know, in your life that that has supported you? I mean, just find someone who you know, knows how to do that and will do that in a way that will help push you out of wherever you are and into where you want to be. So thank you for that. That is, you know, I think the other thing that comes to me is just that, you know, a lot of times, people are hesitant to even you know they feel like well i shouldn't need help you know i shouldn't i should be able to figure this out on my own mm -hmm. and i think that it's such a it's such a misconception that by asking for help that's some form of weakness it's a form of strength it's every time it's a form of strength every yeah. single time yeah and like we're going back to what we're saying, it's about the people that are around you. So you got to you got to make sure you're reaching out to good people to get good information. Garbage in, garbage out, right? Yep. Um, That's right. And I was and I and I was proud for the first couple of years of doing my videos that I was doing it on my own. I was self-taught, and um, but guess what? I wasn't making any money, <laughs> <laughs> so I could be as proud as I want. I did. I got a great education. I was called the best two-year internship the first two years, but the last last year and a half, I've been doing. I, I had to get a mentor. I had to find somebody that believed in me more than I believed in myself. True. Like you said, and um, you get somebody like that to pour into you from a, your personal development, your business development. It's it's over, especially. And then when somebody that you look up to edifies you and talks about you in front of other people like that, oh. Man, then other those people start looking at you the way they look at the same way you look at your mentor. Oh, it's mm -hmm. over. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Uh, that's yeah, the best that's feeling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're gonna say, Chris, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's the best feeling when people when you when you start to live congruently. I think that's one of the things we've been talking about, and that's one of my favorite words right now is congruency. When you're living in congruency with what your legacy is, if you think if you take all of everything that we've said tonight and you wrap it up into a bow and you think about 
okay, where am I going? All of us have to ask that question every single day when we get up, where am I going? What am I doing? Right. But we never ask that for the bigger question in our life. Where do I want to end up? People say, I want to be happy. I want to, they're very general, but where do you want to live? When do you want to retire? Nobody looks at the the specifics of where it is that they're going. They just hope and pray and wish that they're going to get there one day wandering. It's like, no, you have to have a guidepost. You have, and it starts with your legacy. It's like, who do you want to be known for? Who do you want to be remembered for? When I work with my coaching clients, that's one of the first things that I do. And it's one of the first things that kicks their butt because now they've stated out loud what they want to be known for, what they want to be remembered for. And now it's in writing. And when they come across a situation, they have to ask themselves, is this getting me closer to or further from that legacy that I said was the most important aspect of my life being here on earth? And if you ask that question and you answer it honestly, and you continue to do that, like we said before, the compound principle, you make it there, you get there. It's not easy. I have lived it time and time. I continue to push myself all the time to make sure I still have it. I did 75 hard last year. I was like, I decided on September 1st, I said, tomorrow I'm going to start 75 hard. If you guys don't know what it is, Google it. I just decided, I'm like, I need to push myself. And I knew I needed to push myself, even though I've already proven myself hundreds of times. I'm like, Chris, you're getting soft. You need to do this. And my wife was like, what? You're not going to drink for two and a half months. I'm like, nope. And I'm going to work out twice a day and I'm going to do all this other stuff. And I did every single component of it because we all can do that. It's all about taking those steps and knowing what it is that you want to be remembered for and not, not focusing all the stuff that you don't want. It's what it is that you do want. Right. I mean, wouldn't you guys agree? Yes, absolutely. 100%. What's up, Ken? I want to say hi to Ken. Yeah, I just saw Ken Walls pop up. Ken Walls. What's up? Yeah, Ken, actually, Ken, Ken, it's funny that Ken just popped in here at the end of this because um, Ken knows all the guys that I was involved with in the 10X community. The break, it was the name of the original group is called Break Free Go Live. And Ken knows all those guys that, that I was uh, doing videos with. And Ken, Ken's been seeing me since day one. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, and that's just, the, that's the other thing too, I think, you know, is that it's important for people to realize that, you know, when you do start taking those steps that, you know, other people are going to come alongside you. There are other people in the same place as you. There are other people on this journey. They're trying to figure things out. They're starting new things. Just know that you're not in it alone. You know, that, that there are going to be people that come alongside you and then, and, and be willing to be that person for someone else too. You know, if you maybe if you've been doing something for a little while, like you did, Mike, start your own group and and help other people who are on that journey too. And it's amazing what really comes out of that. And your community is like over a thousand people large now, right? That are doing daily lives. Yeah, I and and you know what's funny is I see people. It's not funny, but I, I know a lot of a lot of coaches and um, people. They struggle to get clients and. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, really, I didn't know what I was doing. I just showed up consistently and worked on myself. And um, because people see my consistency, that's one thing that I can say is consistency builds trust. People see you over a period of time doing something every day. They're like, they'll start reaching out to you. Hey, can you help me? Can you help me? Yeah. Can you help me? So it's nice that I don't even have to worry about that. People reach out to me, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, I know we're kind of running out of time here. Do you guys have any finishing thoughts you want to add? I'll let our guests go first. Oh, no, I, uh, no, I, I just, I just want to thank you guys for having me on here. Um, I, I would definitely love to, to have both of you um, on my, one of my live videos on my page. So my audience can get to know both of you guys um, in, individually, we'll stretch it out. You guys are amazing. And um, yeah. What's the, language, what's the language filter? Uh, <laughs> 
Chris's first question before he does any interview. I'm, I'm wearing my white shirt. Hey, Ken, I'm wearing my white shirt. No cussing on the white shirt. Hey, you did. We don't even know why he's on this show. Who? He just showed up. Who, me? <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I, I, that's one thing about do, you know, doing these doing videos. You can just come on and have conversations and just talk. Like, it's okay. It's the best. It I is mean, it seriously best. is. So I'm about to come through the screen and steal that kitty. <laughs> um, well, that's, that's actually where the reason why I brought her on. Um, I've had Vixen for 19 years. And if my friend Monet is watching, she knows Vixen. She's getting really senile and she's having problems with her bowels. And she's getting, she Aww. still loves me to death. And she, I think she's very sick, but she's fighting. And I know that I've, kept cats longer than I should have. And so I'm trying to really struggle with the fact of letting her go before it's to that point where you kind of feel like, okay, now I should let her go because I can't, you know, put up with that stuff. So it's a, it's a huge struggle because she's amazing, but she's struggling at the same time. So I just ask for everybody's hopes and wishes and prayers and thoughts that uh, I'll be able to process this because yeah. her sister, her sister passed away four years ago. I got him as little baby kittens. I've had them forever. Aww. She has been with me longer than anybody else has, and she it's amazing. Like she, even she's, yeah, she's getting she's getting really senile, and problems are happening. So, my final thoughts, honestly, to change that around just for a second, is for everybody watching and listening. Seriously, you have to take responsibility. You have to go look in the, the accountability mirror. You have to say, "Hey, who am I made of? What am I going to do? Where do I want to land? What stuff am I putting up with?" You know, again, what stuff am I putting up with? If you make a list, what am I tolerating? That list is long. My coach had me do that. I was surprised at how much I was tolerating. And why was I tolerating? Because I didn't have enough faith in myself. I didn't have enough confidence in myself. I was like, oh, let me make everybody else happy. And maybe they'll like me. Maybe I'll get a little morsel. And when she shifted that perspective on me, everything started to change. It was like, you know, just jump, just be yourself, you know, just go for your dreams. And everything starts to line up when you, it's, it's just crazy how it lines up, but you have to know where you want to go. And that starts by writing your eulogy and you figure out where you want to end up and you start working backwards. And again, like I said, at the beginning of the show, if the five people around you, if you say your dreams out loud and say, okay, I want to be like Tony Robbins and they say, oh my God, that's stupid. Whoever said it was stupid. You have to wish them well, not kick them to the total curve, but you have to find the people who are like, that's a great idea. What can I do to help? The only right? thing that's stupid about yeah. that is, is you should say you would be bigger and better than Tony Robbins. And then it's not stupid anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know what, Bonnie? You know what's, you I'm, glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. But here's something that's interesting for me. Mm. For me personally, mm. I don't aspire for that anymore. Mm. I used to. I used to aspire for like, I want to be like this. Or I want to be mm. now. If I can continue doing what I'm doing on a little bit larger scale, I would be stoked. I would be stoked. I mean, yes, having all those people, but with all that stuff comes comes a lot of drama and comes a lot of work. I know people who make a lot of money. I know people who are in huge bands, and I know how much work it is. Everybody thinks it's all fun. It's all fun for the hour that you're doing it, but for the other 23 hours, as we know as business people, it's hard. I mean, you have to sit there and go through the Google for, for it. So for me, it's like I don't aspire to be that spot anymore. I aspire to be in a spot where I totally feel free all the time, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. Like I don't have to worry about what I say, who I am, what I wear, who I talk to, what I believe. You know, if I want to buy something, I don't need to buy an island. But if I want to buy something off of Amazon that's 600 bucks and I don't have to think about it, then that's awesome. That's a great life for me. And that's why I just encourage you guys for, you know, just really go first to gratitude. You know, what are you grateful for right now? Because if you're looking at other things that you don't have, then how are you going to be happier with more stuff that you don't have 
now versus the stuff that you do have mm -hmm. and get attitude and figure out what you can do and help make the world a better place. That's what this show is about. That's what Pam started this show about is like, what positivity can we bring in the world? And I challenge all of you guys watching and listening. And I know some of you guys are my huge fans. What are you doing every day to make the world a better place? That's it. Love it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be something big, you know? I mean, it can be as small as just saying something friendly to someone at the grocery store or, you know, holding mm -hmm. a door, you know, anything, any small little random act of kindness that goes a long way. And I think that's, you know, in a lot of ways, I think that we kind of have this, this idea that if we're going to do something in the world, that's going to matter, it has to be big. And I think there's a lot of little things that we do that are really important. And so just to kind of bring it all full circle, um, and that's kind of where we started out. And I love this. Larry says serving others. Yeah, exactly. You know, it just goes back to what do you really want? Like you're saying, Chris, what do you really want in this life? What do you want your legacy to be? What do you want, you know, to look back on your life and, and see, you know, did you choose how much, you know, did you choose to focus on how much you could lose or did you choose to focus on how much you could when and one of the other quotes that I that I took away from the book was was this and I think this is great to end on it's just so be sure when you step step with care and great tact and remember life's a great balancing act and will you succeed yes you will indeed 98 and three-fourths percent guaranteed kid <laughs> you'll move mountains and I love that. It's never going to be 100% perfect, but you have everything within you that you need to do what it is that you've dreamed of. Mm -hmm. So allow yourself to tap into that. Do what you need to to get the help and the support that will move you into a place where you can do that if you're not there yet. And then just keep going. So thank you guys for being here tonight with me. It's such a joy to have you on, Mike. Oh, and to be with you again, Christopher. Thank you, Pam. Thank yeah, you, Mike. Thank awesome you, Mike. session. Awesome. I mean, great conversation. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this when I'm not in interviewer receptor mode because there was a lot of great stuff tonight. So thank you both very much. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you again, as always, to the audience for being here. It's so great to be here with you guys as well. Thank you for your comments and your questions and lots of love and light going out to all of you tonight. Good night, everyone. Good night. We want to thank you for listening today. We know you have many choices for content and we are grateful you chose us. You can always find more of our episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch when we go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others who you wish to encourage and uplift.